Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Yo, everybody, it's the Override, and I'm ready to bring the pain for you this week on another regular episode. No sports needed. We got the messenger from the VGM journey on right now. Introduce yourself, Alex. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I got this shirt yesterday, and uh, one of my DJ buddies got it. And the minute I saw it, I was like, okay, I got to have that shirt. And I actually won it last week. And so I was like, hey, it's free now. I'm going to take it. So, okay, so let's get right into it. What brought us together actually was me running across your show after seeing that you, you know, you were from Erie like myself and that you loved doing video game music and that you had a show. So, of course, I didn't catch the show when it first came out. I was a late bloomer. But from there, of course, I've <laughs> I've definitely been through your uh, catalog plenty of times. So tell us about where it all started for you. I think it really just stemmed from my uh, lifelong love for video game music. And I don't know, I just kind of found like a lot of other video game music podcasts and was really enjoying what they were doing. And I, I don't know. I just felt like it was something that I was able to do. And like, I kind of have my own voice mm-hmm. for that kind of stuff. So I think okay. that's really just where that all stems from. Yeah. I mean, that's what really took it. It was really how committed you are to your episodes and the way that you actually portray them, talk about them. You always give all introductions, composers. You you do the necessary due diligence to make sure that everybody gets credit for everything that you play on your shows. It's it, it is a very hard process as I've listened to other people's shows, and sometimes they can't really do a lot of shows every month because of how much digging you have to do. It's 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 pretty because uh, I've done it, and then I started doing it, and when I did my top fifty nest songs, I was like, oh okay. That took me a while, and I didn't even get to mention everybody, nor alone type it all into all my notes with the stamps like you guys do. You guys are awesome, man. Seriously. <laughs> oh, thank you for the kind words. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh it's a big, big passion project for myself. It's it's good times. It's good times. So, you know, going back to it, and of course, I've heard this, so a lot of my people, a lot of my support people. You know, they don't really know, but tell us what system was the first system that you is your most memorable system. There's a lot of people say they have the best systems, but then when you go back and you look at everything that you do, it kind of just always goes back to that system that really made a mark on your life. What was that one? (laughs) See, that's a really that's a really tough question for me to answer because i don't know it's like children like kind of picking and like who's your favorite kid it's like i don't know i i love all my kids exactly but uh i think for the pick one that i would say is like real special to me would be the uh super nintendo i mean that Mm -hmm. was the 
first system that I've ever played, ever had. And I think that's where a lot of that love started with, was with the Super Nintendo. Yeah, you you were spoiled from the go, seriously, because I had to put up with no sounds in the Atari games. And, you know, one thing, I don't know if you actually are familiar with this, when the Jaguar came out, they had, like, one of those shooter games. I can't even remember it offhand because it was definitely, I can't. I don't remember it because I had no music in it. No music. I started and my buddies are laughing at me and I'm like, oh, I mean, let's give the Jaguar a chance, guys. And we're like, okay, where's the music? So we go into the options. There's no music for the game. It literally, it's a shooting game. How do you have no music to a shooting game? Like, that's why it's not a memorable system for me. You know, I think even the Virtual Boy had music at some point. Oh, yeah. It just, for me, of course, it was, I started out with Atari 2600, not really much music, more so sounds, crashes, burns or whatever, you know, swinging across the rope, you know, pitfall, stuff like that. That's what really got it. Nintendo really turned it over for me. And I think what really turned it for me was, of course, it was when I finally got the Nintendo. Now, I mind you, I had all these games, but when I finally got the Nintendo and I bought it with my Paperboy money. It was Ninja Gaiden 2, it was Mega Man 2, and it was Iron Sword Wizards and Warriors 2 with Fabio on the front. <laughs> <laughs> Golden locks. That's really what it did. And, and it was the first time I think ever that I really noticed video game music. And it, it definitely was Mega Man 2. And I was on Bubble Man's board. And I could keep hearing the music talk to me going blue, red, and C, blue, red, and C. And I don't know why this makes no sense. So the minute I said it to my friends, they heard it too. And I'm like, okay, so I'm not crazy. (laughs) Other people have heard this. And it kind of spawned everything that kind of went from there into the music. And then, of course, the Super Nintendo came out. And what was some of your first games for that, if you can recall? Uh, Definitely games like Super Mario World and legend of zelda a link to the past i mean i know they're like the big like obvious you know classics but yeah you know just like everybody else like yeah i had those games too yeah it's it's i think like so when you're you're talking about that it's like finding a game like when i played this game for the nintendo called eight eyes it was a side scroller and a lot of the music a lot of the boards are set like practically in England. So it's like France. So every board gets like this distorted kind of like, or song kind of to what that region would be like. So a lot of it was like in a way symphonic and worked in, but it was slow music. Nothing ever was really fast paced in that music. And it, it, so it was kind of like a different, it was eerie because you were exploring mostly mansions looking for these little, cubes and everything and if you had if somebody if your friend was over you could pick up the second controller and the second person could be the bird because if you didn't have a second person you actually had to take control of the bird with that controller and do a lot of the puzzles in the game so it was hard it was a pretty cool game so you know that wasn't one game that was really like iconic in a lot of sense but what it did for me was it provided that like dark eerie adventure and a little two-player action to it. Because to me, that's always been one thing that's always been prevalent with me. And one thing my one friend said to me, he said, you know, 
we always talk about all these great single player games when we're at home alone, but it's really the games that are multiplayer that bring a lot of us together. So, you know, do you have any memories of any multiplayer games when you were growing up that might have uh, did that for you? I think later on with like the uh, like the Nintendo GameCube and like the Nintendo Wii, like especially with the the Wii, I mean, it was mm-hmm. a lot more like, hey, you know, I actually like got my family to like you know play the games and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Wii Sports Bowling. I mean, <laughs> that was like the go to you know game to play. Yeah, that was that was awesome. Have you bowled a three hundred in that? I have not. Oh, I've come, I've come close, but never three hundred. I've got it quite a few times. It used it pissed the life off a few times because there'd always be like I, I I had this stupid little flick I would always do, and it, either that flick was on that night or it was off. And I didn't get a three hundred every night. This isn't like I was just always going to get a three hundred, but it was one of those things. To that, the boxing was fun too, but it just really, like you said, it came back to like you know, the batting for baseball and then really just wee bowling. Wee bowling was just out of this world fun. Couldn't really get into the, uh, the golf or tennis all that much, but Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. I think boxing was fun. Oh yeah. But I think baseball and bowling, I think that's just where that was. The mechanics. That's what I got to say. The mechanics. It's, it was, I think it displayed that. And I think that's what also ultimately hurt that system too, because I can't like, so I try to go back. I have all the Metroid primes. So I try to go back and play Metroid prime three now. And I'm like in the middle of the game. So I got the grappling beam and you got to swing, you got to whoop and you got to do a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, um, yeah, I don't really, I guess I could probably restart the game relearn the controllers and i'm sitting there playing it and i'm getting beat up by you know aliens and i'm like uh yeah i'm gonna have to put a lot more time into this game if i ever want to beat the third one but i know since then they've released it for the switch and you can actually just use the controller so much easier so much easy so i mean yeah you brought up a good point earlier you're not gonna really jump to all those great games because immediately when you go super nintendo you're going to go final fantasy 6 you're going to go chrono trigger you go earthbound you're going to name all these other games that have great songs and 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 that and you could even go back to the Mega Man series in that but you know a lot of people overlooked like how hard contra was they would beat it on easy that's contra 3 the alien wars and at the same time there was only me and my one buddy were the only two people that could even beat that game on hard with no game genie or anything and I wasn't easy. That was hard. Do you have a game like that that was kind of elusive? Uh, nothing's really coming to mind. <laughs> um, you know, the kind of game that gave you a good railing. You know, like Battletoads at first take. You thought you were cool and you got to the third board and you're like, oh, that's different. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That um, game... That game was crazy for me. But go on. Tell us about it. What do you, you know, there, there's actually, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, there's like a lesser known Super Nintendo game that uh, I think like the first couple levels, I, I think is pretty easy. But then like all of a sudden there's like a big difficulty spike. And it's actually a game called Plock, which that has a very amazing soundtrack. 
I uh, definitely recommend people to check that out. That is right. I remember you played that, you know, the Plock soundtrack, and that was actually your little thing. And, and to go on that, I've never played that game. I've seen it. I didn't play it. Like, just never rented it or just never saw it on the buy $5 bin or something like that. It was just something that just, just never came my way, honestly. So what was what was the game like? Like, did it play, like, Ants or something or Worms or Worms 3D, Armageddon? Like, what was it all like? Uh, it's just your typical side scroller platformer type deal. Um, I, I don't know. There's like a lot of like little collectibles and stuff, but it's mainly just a, you know, from one of those like start to finish, you know, type of platformers. Okay. Yeah. That's, I had a few of those. So like, uh, I played like wise three the one time and, uh, I found this like, cause so one thing we've talked about in your chat, so it, just so everybody knows, the Messenger has the VGM Journey Discord, and when you get part of that, you get a bunch of VGM masters. They literally, all they do is post all their video game episodes in this, talk video game music, talk video games. So all of you, will make sure that we have all that information in the show notes at the end for the information. So we don't have to really talk too much about it a little bit, but it'll be there. But if you make it there, Man, there's just so much going on in that. But this is part of it. It's part of that whole kind of, you know, community that the video game music creates and puts together. And that's one of the that's one of the ideas that, you know, you like. It's just bringing that everybody together to see everybody's difference. Like my recent which final which 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 uh, role playing game was the best. Everybody has different answers and nobody's wrong. Because it's what game you experienced at what part of your life that may mean the most to you. Like for me, it, it's really The Secret of Mana, Chrono Trigger, and Final Fantasy VI. Those three games, playing those three games like practically back to back during that era was like ungodly for me. So it's really hard to replace that. Something Seven couldn't do, something Breath of Fire Three, like playing Final Fantasy Seven, Breath of Fire Three, and and then going down that kind of row with the PlayStation, PlayStation Two. And jumping into that, that just never replaced those three for me because I think that's why those three are always like a masterpiece in my mind, even though I do hate on Chrono Trigger a lot. <laughs> See, I so, always have this thing of uh, not really being much of an RPG fan, even mm-hmm. though I do play some RPGs here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know when they... See, I, I don't... I don't remember who uh, shot that question around. Was that you? Yeah, it was me. I started it up. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I was thinking, like, okay, you know, I do, I do like Pokemon. Pokemon's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the answer I wound up getting giving was uh, Super Mario RPG. I mean, I I love that game. Yeah, and uh, I also I... like the Fallout series as well. Nice, nice. You know, that's something I never got. It. I actually have that for the computer. Like for computer games, I have all the games of that era, like Black and White, and then Fallout Two. And I even at one point I bought Baldur's Gate Two, but I took that back. I they and they gave me a full credit, and I bought some other computer game. I think I bought Rune. It's like a Viking game, first person perspective. Pretty cool. You get different weapons. Not really a level monitoring system. Plays more like Doom. You know, so that's what it it, it was. But Rune, it, coolest, coolest little thing, too. Because, you know, computer games always had those cool little foldouts. So it has, like, a like a 3D case so you could, like, feel it. 
and it's this like huge death warrior you know barbarian warrior nordic guy like this and he's got his abs and he's got a big helmet on with horns and a big axe and you know and you're just like wow and then you open it up and you fold it out you get the install disc and you know that that really put together a lot for me too was like during that era of my life diablo 2 era of my life and star wars galaxy's era of my life that was it was all computers so i kind of strayed away a little bit during leading into the playstation 3 xbox 360 era has i i didn't even really get a playstation 2 for a while because i was so into computers so for me that kind of filled that that gap but i had other systems of course dreamcast and stuff did you have any of those systems through there for a long while, I've just been like just a big Nintendo fanboy. I uh, never like I would get like every system, but I never, I never really like branched out of the Nintendo stuff until the uh, the 360 era when I got an Xbox 360 and mm-hmm. really really liked it. Oh yeah, and then I uh, I think to this day I've just been kind of I'll get the Nintendo system and then I'll get mm-hmm. like Xbox as well. Yep, you got it because. I think that's just the way you either got to fix Xbox or PlayStation or you got to have both, but you also always have to have a Nintendo system too, because that's why I tried to tell my friends. They just, after they were like, Nintendo's kitty, blah, blah, blah. But then that's why that comment I said earlier, like when we all got together, we were playing GoldenEye. We were playing No Mercy. We were playing WrestleMania 2000, Mario Kart 64. This is what we did. This is, I mean, that, I mean, you got, and that, that was the first system that was just like, you know, like other than like the Dreamcast stuff where you just had the extra controls, you have to go buy a fifty, sixty, hundred dollar peripheral to add on. Like, come on, man. <laughs> We're all kids here. We can't got that much money. <laughs> well, the N64, I mean, it was a really good multiplayer system. I mean, yeah. You know, just like a lot of the games that you brought up. And I will even include the uh the Mario Party games. I mean, oh. they are a lot of fun to play with friends. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I at one point thought me and my wife could uh, take anybody out in Mario Part Party 8. And I, I like we literally had, I think it was uh, Koopa's Boardwalk. That's the water board. And it, it's practically the first one. I'm pretty, yep, that was Mario Party 8. And we would just get that down and we would just go around. And then you get to go ride the dolphin to the little area and you get those extra stars. But everyone, we would play with the computer on hard. So, you know, that was like, they would, you could definitely tell that the game was cheating. You're oh, like, yeah. there's no way it's going to roll like a 21. And they would roll like the three sixes and get the double up and roll more. And I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> Take your coins. But I Mario parties truly, again, just how much fun you could have with that. And, uh, you know, another game going back to the Wii for a second too. you know, Wario where man, smooth. Oh, moves. Yeah. oh, man. Smooth moves is one of the, the best games probably ever created honestly it's it's up there it's i'm not saying it's the best but you know what i mean so you have memories don't you <laughs> oh yeah that that was a that was a very early Wii game that that you know we kind of jumped on right away the uh all you know the sickle player stuff you know it, it was pretty good i mean it was your typical mm-hmm. warrior wear stuff it was never bad but the multiplayer though that was that was on a whole nother level. <laughs> that's that's what made it. It was just you know that, and then they released that uh, other one uh, just before this latest one that they 
released the newest one, which looks like they went back to the original formula that worked. Because I, I don't really like around messing around with the cursor. A lot of people do like the cursor little thing. But I like that it they went back to like the motion stuff so that that way you could kind of, you know, play it that way as well, too. I, I just it's it's definitely one that's on my radar right now, as is like even the Mario because we have up to Mario Party 10. So we have that. I don't have the Mario Party Superstars or. Yeah, I think that's what it was called, right? The Superstars, yeah. the latest one with all the remixes. Because uh, I know you did a few shows of some of the musics from there, the VGM from there. And I, I just, it, it would always go back to eight. Nine, we played a lot, but we played a lot of 10. But I, no matter what, it was always the Mario Party 8 for us. And it was just that that really linear board of Koopa's Boardwalk. And it just it just really resonated with us. So for that, yeah, it's something that we want that we get to play. And outside of that, me and so me and the wife play a lot of uh, questionnaire games. And we play this uh, game. We actually bought two forms of it. It's called Knowledge is Power. And then they released another one called Knowledge is Power Decades. If you've never played this game, it's it, we have it for the PlayStation 4 slash 5 because, well, I've upgraded. So the, I have them both on my PlayStation 5. If you've never played this game, you've got to play this with your girl. I'm actually not at all familiar with that. It's, it's an indie game. It's, it's just called Knowledge is Power. So practically... To give it a quick, if nobody else knows about this, uh, it's got it's got the host set up. So every block has three questions. And then between each block, so there's three blocks leading up to the end. So between each block, you get like this like picket game. So it'll say drag, it'll say drag the villain to the franchise. So you'll have to like, so you have to use your phone, right? So it'll hook up to your phone and you'll get all the questions on your phone and it'll read it off and you'll say, okay, which superhero wears a red hat with an M on it, right? And you'll look down, You'll it's a timing game, boom, hit Mario, right? Well, other people can throw little jokes on you, so they can throw ice on you, and if you're playing with more than three people, you can get three attacks put on you. So you can get gloop, which means you have to wipe away your screen to see the answers. Ice, you can see it, but you got to keep hitting it. And then they have these bombles, they have word, and as they move up to Legends, um, or not Legends, Decades, so decades starts out 80s, 90s, uh, 1000s, and 10s. Those are the four decades it, it focuses on. So you all pick one. In each game, everybody gets one power pick so that you automatically know you're going to get that. So then it'll give you topics, TV, uh, superheroes, sports, and then comics. And that door in both games takes you down a wormhole. You will never understand what is happening. Mm. I've ended up in some classical music slash book wars and i'm looking at my wife we're at the end of this game and we got like 800 points each I'm like, oh. and other ones you get like 2200 points it's really cool man you gotta check it out i'll definitely check that out that does sound pretty cool you you will have a good time with it at the end of every game you get like a stupid little fact so hmm. that's it so you know with the with the evolution of gaming and with all the real instrumenting instrumentals and everything that's going on like you all started with the cd based gaming and final fantasy 7 being so orchestrated i mean we all got there and when we first heard seth ross music music i was like you know fighting that battle i couldn't believe it went that deep but i had remembered that six you know dancing mad was also just as deep as well just not done like that i know i know this answer but do you have a personal favorite of any of the video game soundboards is it synthesizer 
do you still respect that old school? Is it still the chips that the Super Nintendo used? What is it? <laughs> I didn't say all my questions would be easy. <laughs> I that oh one. man, it, it's just like the children's thing. It's hard <laughs> to pick. It's hard to pick a favorite. Sometimes it's just whatever I'm in the mood for. Um, yeah, I guess. I guess I just have a real soft spot for just the the chip tune stuff. I mean, you know what they were doing on the NES and the Game Boy and mm-hmm. all that, like, and to have it sound like as good as it is. I mean, it is very impressive. Yeah, I gotta give that up. Actually, one time I called Nintendo, and I somehow d- didn't get charged a lot for this phone call, but this phone call ended up being a little bit money on it what was i was talking to the dude about like zelda 3 and how they were using real rain and everything so for me i think i think honestly one of the best blends of all the worlds it still it comes back to that super nintendo because oh yeah it just i had a system like an actual like you know i had a fisher 24 change cd thing hooked up so i had some big speakers and i remember when that castlevania 4 theme hit and i was like whoa that was a whole nother world. So, you know, going, going, staying on kind of the music soundtrack, what recent has come out that you could say has been one of your more favorable, enjoyable games with VGM music, music just in general, that may have surprised you. So let's say like an Octopath Traveler, that's kind of an easy pick. It's going to have good RPG music, but something, something around that lines or anything else, maybe an action game that you might've purchased recently that you were like, you know, this ain't bad. I mean, well, me, it's recent- Elden Ring, <laughs> but go on. Um, I think recently I, uh, I've been watching my fiance play this game called Dave the Diver. Uh, it's got a very chill, uh, I guess, synthy kind of soundtrack okay. to it. I don't know. I've been really enjoying that. Um, I'm sure there's probably like five other things that I, I think I played recently, but I'm just like not really. Yeah, it just thinking of it. If he gets in a block, that's what happens when you get these questions. I mean, you know, going back, I'm I'm a zerger. So if I'm, as, as you know, we talked many times, if I'm playing a game, I'm playing that game. So like right now it's Diablo four and it's sprinkling in a little bit of Elden ring, but really between those two games, I'm, I've been playing a lot of final fantasy one and I don't know why. And I leave, I I'm part of these JRPG groups and they're just like, it's just not dateable. And it's just not, it, it doesn't hold up to the standards of today. And I'm like, but I don't have the standards of today. <laughs> I have the standards of yesterday. And that linear format is provides so much fun just going back to it, even if it doesn't have the peninsula power. You know, just hearing that music again reprised, it, it it's to me, it's just butter to the ears. It's easy to hear, it takes you back. And that's what music does for it. And that's what like when I'm listening to your episodes, that's what I always get. Like exactly when you pulled out that castlevania because you could have pulled any of the songs out but it's it's when you pull those songs out it takes me back to the beginning of that game that every step of that game when i play castlevania 4 i walk through that entire game and the music never really stops so i can envision where i'm at 
at that point of the game, when those beats are hitting, it's sickening. That's why I love that game so much. <laughs> I I think just hearing that, that actually really brings like a big smile to my face. I mean, it, it's, it's stuff like that. that uh, I guess it's just kind of part of like the mission of my show. I mm-hmm. So I want to... I want to bring people back to, you know, a different time or even introduce something new to yeah. people. Yeah. Yo, that's that's huge because, I, like, I may have played every game. I may have millions of games upstairs, and I can tell you, guys, there's a ton of computer games I've never opened. That game of Black and White I talk about, that's a strategy game from, like, the mid-'90s. I've never opened that game. I paid $60 for that game, $70. Why did I buy that game? I never played it. I ended up playing Diablo 2. And, <laughs> and and I was playing some cheesy game called Invictus, which was a strategy game, but you could get some Greek gods on your side. And at the end of the game, you get like four of them. So I'd always start out with Hercules and Perseus because those are always my guys, you know, Clash of the Titan kind of dude. And so those were kind of the games, but those games right there and just all, like you said, just going back. And just remembering those moments and really embracing it. But that's what I played those games. You guys and everybody in your crew, the professor, you know, Hammock, Hammock. And so I thought it was funny that professor called out Hammock on his latest podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. I was like, oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, to me, I looked at it and I'm like, this is exactly it. It just spoke to me and that's what i like to see when you you talk about things like that tell me a little bit about like that whole experience too because you y'all have like a nice little fun community where y'all just all you're all on each other's shows and things like that oh man it is uh it it really is something special i i think i've i think over the years i've made a lot of connections to a lot of really cool people and getting to hear their stories and then, you know, them listening to mine. And um, I think the, uh, a lot of the collaborating, like I think it's been a lot of fun. Oh yeah. The video, the video, the VGM masters series that you guys do. That's just, that's amazing. Cause I've only just listened to your show. So now that I'm exploring other people's show, I'm going through that time period with them that I already went through with you. <laughs> it's like it's it's like it's like re, it's like going back it to me. It's it's again it like it's it's going back and like uh, so uh, Professor Tom had this show where he had a lot of Persona, and I have never played any of the Persona games because I think when you brought up the Xbox 360, that was a lot of Call it Call of Duty in my, time in my life. A little oh, bit yeah. of Diablo 3, uh, games like that. And, uh, I mean, even I think I was playing Forza a lot during that time, a few Need for Speeds, and that, and of course, Madden's. But that was all, like, during that stuff. And during that time, I, I want to say that like, all the PlayStation people were playing the games like the Personas and things like that. So I was just missing out. I wasn't really into an RPG world other than me maybe loading up my computer again and playing Diablo 2 or rehashing one of my old systems you know and just playing that because i got all that stuff you know and for me it's like i can if i can play it on my nintendo wii u 
I'd rather play it on that rather than fire up one of my old systems. But at the same time, it just having that old school controller in your hand is a whole different experience. Yeah, they definitely, uh, I think like a lot of these other shows, they, uh, um, they have kind of like, uh, I guess shown me stuff that I probably wouldn't have like known otherwise, mm-hmm. or like it would like kind of lead me down like a certain path, I guess. And, uh, I mean, I, I guess like Professor Tom and his show, like, yeah, he plays a lot of that persona music and it's like, those are games I've never played. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't even, wouldn't even really think to like look there for music, but you know, he's playing this stuff and it's like, oh yeah, you know, this stuff's really good. I definitely want to mm-hmm. check this out. Yeah. Yeah. It puts you, 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 it, it helps you experience. You're like, okay, that does sound like some menu music or something like that. And then, you know, he gets, you know, he gets those one like, or like when you, like the way you guys all start your song, your, your episodes off, you're sitting there for a few seconds and then boom, you get through the thing and you bam, right there, song. And you're still like, oh yeah, man, this is great. And it just gets you into the whole mood of the whole episode. And then from there, it just always flourishes. And that's exactly what it is. It's a bunch of people. It's a community that I never knew. He's like, believe me, you guys be spitting names. That I would probably chop up. I got problems with football players' names right now. Sometimes. <laughs> you guys are out there like Yushimu, Matsuzatsu, and I'm like, dang, he said that without a breath. And I'm like, I might have to look at something, but like, hold on, let me look up. Okay, I got it now. I will <laughs> say early on, like, I struggled bad with these Japanese names. <laughs> I'll be like, I'll be like, oh, Yuzo. Koshiro? Yeah. What? Toshin Marito. It's like, huh? But they but and then when you guys say them, it's like, yeah, I remember them. It's almost like for me too, I'm bad with bands. For some reason, that's like my bad thing. So like I won't be able to name like hardly any video game composer. Like maybe a few if I get lucky or just have the right mind of thought. But like I'm like that with bands too. Of course, like outside of like Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses. I mean, we all know most of those people and, you know, like rap groups usually just targeted the rap name, but it was really metal bands. And like, you didn't know their names unless you did it. You didn't have the internet to look up. And if you didn't buy those tapes or CDs, because, well, you just didn't have enough money to buy everything back then. Then you just didn't get it. You didn't know who it was. So to like see that and see you guys do that, that's great, especially yourself, because you literally are in Erie. You're the only one that really goes deep into this music. It's your genre. It's your platform. So that's why it's like every time when the you know, podcast of the year comes around, I definitely is like, Aha, I got to vote for myself. But if there was anybody else I'd vote for, it's always yours because it, it's the one podcast of everybody's podcast that really relates to me the most, all, utmost of everything that I do in life. It's all video game related. That's why I even have like things like this. You know, like what, what? Why? Why do I have that? <laughs> well, I feel honored that you know you kind of considered my show for for that. Even though, I mean, yeah, you you kind of had to pick your own show. I mean, come on, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta. But no, it's just the way it is. I mean, and honestly, it does. It's it's a fun little contest that everybody has, and I the whole voting process, whatever that may be. You know, it's just fun to throw it out there and let other people know, because honestly, all these people go down. Then when they get to the podcast and you see that 
how many of us podcasts in Erie are trying to do their our things and we all do separate separate stuff like a lot of my stuff of course is exclusive to Dr. Roto I, I can't I a lot of my sports stuff hits there is there first and then I can throw out on my platforms but without that platform I would just still be what I would be doing for free for that that's just it but at least you know with him and under his umbrella and the friendship that I've been able to you learn go through and accept like that's how I met him it was just I was just a caller called in acted crazy they used and that's where they gave me you know they say hey for 60 seconds you get to bring the pain rob so for 60 seconds they would let me bring the pain on a serious sex on fantasy and there was some wild 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 moments in that you know so that's really where it all came from so to see like you know like you have that same support outside of erie i have this support outside of erie and we get what we can in erie and it makes everything really nice but i i will say you're one of the most avid posters and definitely persons that always try to get the eerie podcasters together and nobody ever gets together. Yeah. I've tried. I've tried for a couple years now on that. Um, I mean, sometimes I'll talk to John Duckworth of Idiotville, you know, every once in a while, but other than that, like, no, no, nobody, it just seems like nobody's really interested in like a like a meetup or yeah or some kind of collaboration or something. It's weird. It's like like the dude that I I no 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 knock on it. I loved it, but it was it was like a, literally a classic uh, response. He was like, "Yeah, I don't really like these things, so I'm just gonna remove myself." <laughs> He's like, "But if anybody wants to get a hold of me, I'm like, yeah, it's cool. It's like it was funny. Like I saw that. I was like, yeah, I wonder how many else people did it, but you know, it's just one of those things." Um, we're coming up against the time, but we uh we could definitely finish this out. But that to me, I think is is the one core thing that it brings everybody together. And one day maybe that will happen. But if not, we have meetings like this. We have, you know, when we everybody being busy, we can get together and get a good meeting together, you know, or collab with maybe Idiotville and do like a whole video game over booze kind of talk, something oh, like yeah. that. That that's fine. But for right now, I'm definitely down for all this. And I'm definitely, you know, anytime you want to have me on your show and do and and just straight play music and, you know, set up, I am more than honored to do that as well, too. You know, I am honored also that you are a guest on Bring the Pain because I don't get to get out of the sports book many often. So when I do these podcasts really, you know, they, they mean the most to me because I do the same stuff all the time. So why not? it's great to talk to other people. Man, I was actually like half prepared to maybe talk a little bit of hockey, but man, I just don't have the time right now. <laughs> yeah, they only give us so much. I mean, they want me to pay for pro. Oh, yeah. But hey, you know what? That's just another podcast for another time since, you know, we had to break the ice with this you know, oh, video yeah. game. So uh, real quick, uh, rattle off all your places that you can find you. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're even on this new site called Terra Player, where there's like a bunch of video game podcasts on that. It's a real good site. And uh, you can also follow the show on X at VGM Journey. 